Peace, peace, and welcome. We're glad you're here. This is the Cuck on Monday Morning Podcast. I'm here with the homie, Ruben Harris. What's going on? How you doing, brother? I'm good, man. It's been a minute. Yeah, yeah. And um, at Cuck on Monday Morning, what we're trying to do is redefine how people feel about Monday morning. And I'm excited to have Ruben on because he's got his hands in so many things. He's been building like crazy in the tech space, um, you know, Tell us a little bit about what you're doing at Career Karma. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll tell you that in a second. I just want to give a big shout out for what he just said, because something that we said for a long time is success on Monday starts on Sunday. Um, and we we started a, a nice little conversation about what we were going to do today. We planned it out. We did a nice little workout this morning, um, and, it, and it feels good to be doing this. So um, to answer your question... Um, Career Karma helps people. It's an app that helps people get jobs in tech in less than a year. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're starting with people that want to become software engineers. And when they download our app, they go through a three-week preparation process that doesn't just match them to the right training for them, but also connects them with other people like them from Bayview or from Oakland that are doing the same thing that won't just support them before the program, but during the program to get a job. Mm-hmm. And on the other side of the app, we have software for training programs that helps them understand what's necessary for people, whether it's laptops or housing or funding and things like that. And so um, we have about 10,000 people downloading the app every single month, over 50,000 people in the community since January. Um, and they're all people that are making over $100,000 in less than a year. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you're a young brother starting a tech company that's now venture backed. And I remember how we first met. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember? I remember <laughs> almost. I, okay. I do remember. I know Kim McCullough talked to us. I know we were on our podcast. I I, I know there was United Players involved. Uh, it was at a concert. Yoshi's. Yeah, we met at Yoshi's. We met at Yoshi's. Yeah, I remember we that was good. We, and there was Christian Scott. Yep, Christian Scott, Berkeley graduate playing the trumpet mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's yeah. where we met the first yeah. time that's Christian Scott is a time. is a jazz artist artist out of New Orleans yep and he he really has incredible music he's a young guy too yeah and I was actually um invited a young lady that I was interested in yep. at the time no yep. longer interested yeah and you were one of her co-workers and you yep. came with uh, another person who I'm cool with named uh, Margo. Yep, I remember that. And all and all four of us uh, went. We're at the show. Yep. And you told me that night that you played cello. Cello. Yeah, yeah I've been playing yeah, cello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, um, where'd you grow up? I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, to your point, I'm glad that you brought up that night because uh, Margo's sister mm-hmm. is one of my biggest mentors, who's okay. Phaedra, okay. who also is a black woman running a tech company. Mm-hmm for people that are formerly incarcerated and she used to be Prince's manager. So like, rest in power. Mm-hmm. Right? So like our music has been core to us. Um, so I grew up in Atlanta where music was my whole life. Mm-hmm. Right? I've been playing the cello since I was four years old. Um, and I wouldn't be where I was today if it wasn't for music. My, my mom always told me, if you want to be like being good, at what you do as an instrument, like teaches you life skills. And so Mm -hmm. it's not about just being a great musician. The skills that you develop through the instrument are what teaches you to be good at life. Yeah. Yeah. So when did you start playing cello? Since I was four, four years old. So Mm -hmm. I'll be 33 in 2020. Mm, Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this this is, this is, this will be the first episode we released in 2020. Okay. That's what I'm talking about. And I don't know the way that you approach your year, the way that you've been building just over the course of time, uh, how would you attribute that? Talk a little bit about, you mentioned your mom, talk a little about your upbringing, what that mm-hmm. looked like. Mm-hmm. So like, going, I think if I think about career karma, I think about skill acquisition. Uh, my mother and my father both emphasized the importance of giving people things that nobody can take away from them from but themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. So my father's black. He grew up on a farm in Blakely, Georgia, but he speaks Spanish. French, Chinese, Portuguese, mm. right? And he met my mother, whose mother is Cuban, who spoke only Spanish to her. Cubano. Exactly, Cubano, <laughs> yeah. And my mom always spoke back to her in English, so she never learned it growing up. But at 24, when she was dating my father, my father was like, we're going to learn Spanish, mm-hmm. and we're going to teach it to our kids, because in America, 
it's inevitable that they're going to learn English. Mm -hmm. So growing up, I only had a Spanish mother, Spanish father, Spanish babysitter, Spanish everything. So when I went to kindergarten, I couldn't speak English. Mm. And all my teachers were dumbfounded because my parents spoke English too, mm -hmm. but the child speaks no English, mm. right? So language was a big deal because the only way to lose it is to stop practicing it. Right. And music was super important because if you stop practicing music, you don't get good at it. So ever since I was four years old, I was in Montessori school. And so we're super serious about doing that. And if you fast forward to today and go into like career camera and let's say if you want to become a software engineer and code, right? Tech is no longer optional anymore. You can't just choose to break in the tech. You have to do it whether you want to or not, or you're going to get left behind. Mm -hmm. And so if you want to learn the language of code or language of talking to computers or the ability to, to write instructions to computers to get them to do what you want, then you have to understand how you learn things and you have to practice it and get it down perfectly and surround yourself by people that know how to do these things in order to get there. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's been core to, to how I grew up. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of other things my parents instilled, but I'll say those are two very fundamental things. It's like giving skills to people that nobody can take away from them but themselves. And those were things that I never learned in a classroom yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, that's very forward thinking that actually of your parents to teach you only Spanish. And, you know, when I was coming up in San Francisco, we had a lot of bilingual courses and uh, learning another language was not emphasized. It was, it was a, you know, it was a way of thinking around it that it was, it was sort of discouraged for, you know, for me to do it. Um, and so, that's like, that was brilliant that your parents put you in front of that. Are we like the Montessori model too? We have a, a Montessori school, SF public Montessori. And what they're doing there is really incredible. You mentioned skill acquisition. You know, take me back to like the 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 first day career karma came to mind. Like what, what was happening? It's interesting because I can't mention career karma without my co-founders. Because like, there's no such thing as a self-made person. There's no such thing as like a self-made billionaire. Like everything that's created is done with teams or through other people. And so um, my co-founders are immigrants from Ukraine. Um, they grew up in New York. Um, they went to school in, at Emory in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. uh, and I met the one of them at an investment bank, which is where I first got, got my first job after I broke into Wall Street, which is a different story. And then I met his twin brother, and none of us knew about technology, but this was in the beginning of the tech industry in Atlanta, which is now some people will, what some people will call the black tech mecca. Mm. It's taken over the game. You know? And so because none of us had tech skills, we needed to get skills if we wanted to start a business because we love business and we wanted to start something, but we didn't know what we wanted to do. Mm -hmm. what, what year was this? This was- You started thinking about tech? And about 2013, okay. 2012, 2013. And that's mm -hmm. also the beginning of the job training program bootcamp mm -hmm. industry, right. right? And so um, since none of us knew how to code, we, we, didn't, we weren't even thinking about code. So the thing that sparked our brain is a buddy of ours got a job making over a hundred thousand mm -hmm. dollars after quitting his job. And we were like, what did he just do? And he went to this place called Flatiron School. His name was Adam Waxman. Okay. It was in New York where my co-founders grew up. And he was in the same cohort as Jack Altman, who was Sam Altman's brother from Y Combinator. Right. And he did the bootcamp and he was an investment banker before too. And he also did this engineering program. We were like, Wow, there's these training programs where you can get jobs in 12 weeks that are high paying, like without having to go to college. Like, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. And so, my co founders who had tried to code on their own multiple times using online courses and quit multiple times decided to do that. So, they both decided they're going to be software engineers. But as we were thinking about starting a company, we knew before starting a company, we needed to learn the game. Mm -hmm. And so, Great founders start off every company by writing code and talking to users mm -hmm. and doing things that don't scale. And so the people that write code are the software engineers. People that talk to users are usually salespeople. The quickest path to a CEO seat is sales. And so 
they dedicated themselves to the code. I dedicated myself to the users and mastering sales. Mm -hmm. So while they decided to prepare for coding boot camps in Atlanta, I quit my job as an investment banker. After working it for three years in Chicago and Atlanta, I bought a one-way ticket to San Francisco in 2014 in September. I had a place to live for a month. The mission was 14 people in, in a house, like sleeping on couches. And I had a 2.98 GPA. Mm. Three weeks later, I found a job. I wrote a story about how I got my first job talking to people in a tech company called Breaking the Startups. And that blog post took off and all the big venture capitalists like Mark Andreessen and Chris Dixon and big people started talking about how this was the best way to break into tech in 2014. Mm. Through then, networking. Through networking and a bunch of other things. So like the way I wrote the original post was like a thank you letter mm. about how I got into tech. And the reason why I called it breaking into startups is in order for me to get a job as an investment banker, I took an online course called Breaking Into Wall Street mm. that was based off of another blog huh. called Mergers and Inquisition that educated people about how to break into finance. Mm -hmm. so if you think about investment banking, I know this is a long answer. Investment banking, there's only about 10,000 people that get employed in investment banking a year. It is very competitive. Very competitive. You have to go to Ivy League schools. It's very similar to like how people view tech. It's like, mm -hmm. You have to have perfect GPA. You have to have internships, experience, like all, all right. this stuff. Mm -hmm. But I figured out how to do it without any of that. Mm -hmm. And this blog was similar to like this podcast where it's like redefining what was historically thought as something different or negative, right? Mm -hmm. Or not for certain people. Right. Or you have to be. You have to be a weird type of person to be able to wake up on Monday morning alert and loving it, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So long story short, like. Um, I named the the podcast the 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 blog breaking into startups. Right. Then when the twins Archer and Timor got jobs as engineers, we wrote a story called the reality of breaking into startups. The first product that you build is yourself. Right. And then we launched the Breaking Startups podcast in 2016 as a love project because when we were in tech, everybody was dropping videos and articles about CEOs and venture capitalists, but that's not relatable. Like. Somebody from East Oakland or Southside Chicago or Detroit is not going to relate with Elon Musk, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. His story is not going to be relatable to everybody, but somebody that's working inside of the company mm -hmm. that is from Southside Chicago or from East Oakland or from Detroit that is also from the Nation of Islam or Jewish or whatever, like mom, dad working in the company, that story is more relatable. Yeah. So we created a podcast that you were on yeah, that reached over 3 million people. Mm -hmm. We've released over 100 episodes. We started sharing stories of people from Bayview, Hunters Point, people from all over the nation, not just in software engineering roles, but in sales roles and data science roles and blah, 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 right. designer roles to show that it's possible to give people hope to create action items for them. Mm -hmm. And so- to put a bow on this to how it led to career karma is after reaching 3 million people plus thousands of people through the podcast, thousands of people started sending us emails and a lot of those questions started to be the same where we couldn't answer all the emails. And when I first moved here, I told myself I would answer every email, mm -hmm. but then I realized <laughs> that that's impossible uh -huh. kind of. Uh -huh. So we created a chat bot. Mm. to point people to the teaching programs for the jobs that they want. Right. Um, and then that led into a YouTube channel and to the test of an app to getting into Y Combinator and getting to where we are today. So, That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And I remember, I mean, breaking into startups when I was on the episode, I actually didn't know, I actually didn't know how big the podcast was. Mm -hmm. it, mm -hmm. it's, it, it touches a lot of people. Mm -hmm. That year I went to, I was a part of an accelerator called Civic X mm -hmm. and people and the accelerator knew me because of the podcast. That's dope. And I was running an organization called Mission Bit for several years. And potential employees, when they researched me, they found the podcast. That's dope. And they listened to it. It's like, do I really want to work for this guy? <laughs> they heard me in your podcast. And it was like, oh, okay. That's Maybe dope. I'll do it. You know? Yeah. And uh, I, I remember you had like a contributing piece in uh, what was it, TechCrunch to, yep. to, to market the the podcast. Yeah. And and I knew there was, I mean, it, 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 it was honestly an inspiration for, for me to start this one because I've always believed in the power of stories yep. and uh, also believe in the power of 
what what can change in people if they see themselves. Yeah. And um and so you know you are you're not. I, I like how you talked about the inspiration for breaking the startups came from something else because mm-hmm. you're kind of tapping into the same things. Like, mm-hmm. you know that if you can build this community of people, mm-hmm. it will feed on itself mm-hmm. and you can bring people into the loop mm-hmm. that wouldn't otherwise see themselves if they are meeting somebody relatable. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that that all that led into a company, it's like, it's very organic. You very know? organic. Like it was like, if you, everybody, that's when everybody started talking about the future of work mm-hmm. and everybody started talking about labor markets and like, do you need to go to college and student loans being so high? Um, and I think to your point about content, I think that deserves a shout out to Kim I. Cutler, who's at Initialize. She's the one who actually told me a lot about you mm-hmm. after we initially met. She was like, yo, you need to talk to Stevan on yeah. a deeper level. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's actually the one that helped us get the relationship with TechCrunch. So mm-hmm. big shout out to her. Yeah, no, Kim I was yeah. also very instrumental in trying to help put on Mission Bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, she recently had a baby here, so mm-hmm. shout out to yeah, you. Yeah, Congratulations. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she 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 introduced me to Michael uh, Siebel. Siebel who? Siebel, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, who's yeah, a yeah. Y, Comber, y Combinator. CEO. CEO. Okay, CEO. Yeah. I thought he was like a partner. A CEO, and okay. he's also a second investor of Career Karma. Right. First investor is my dad. Yeah, so, oh, okay, that's yeah, what's up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> pops, pops right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, that's beautiful. Exactly. That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you have, there's so many interesting ways to take, uh, you know, what you've done and, and to really inform people about the, the stuff that you've seen, mm-hmm. uh, to be a part of Y Combinator. You're, you're my first Y Combinator backed guest. Mm-hmm. So talk a little bit about what Y Combinator is, what mm-hmm. it's like to go through the process, mm-hmm. what it's like to be in it right now. Yeah, I think um, Y Com without revealing a lot. So essentially, Y Combinator is the world's largest accelerator mm-hmm. for tech companies. So you could think about in the last 10 years, approximately, um, they've created over $100 billion in value. So Airbnb, Dropbox, Stripe, um, Gust- DoorDash. Gusto. Gusto. Which I love. Yeah. like yeah. I mean, I, they don't pay me to say that, but they should. Because <laughs> right at a nonprofit, yeah. Yeah. When, when I got Gusto, it was mm-hmm. like, oh my God, my life mm-hmm. is so much easier. But yeah. Checker, uh-huh. GitLab, Zapier, like the list goes on. They, a lot of them call them a, a unicorn factory. Like they, 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 they birth billion dollar companies because they have a alumni network of founders that created billion dollar companies. Like Michael Seibel being one of them. He started Twitch mm-hmm. with Justin Conning. He's also a brother, Michael Seibel. Also a brother. Yeah. yeah, and they sold it to Amazon. And so, you know, um, getting into Y Combinator is difficult. It's harder to get into. By Combinator than Stanford and Harvard, mm-hmm. right? Our batch at the time was the most selective batch. I think it was like 1.7% of the people that applied got in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you think about that, that's a feat because for us, when we first applied to Y Combinator, we didn't get in. Mm-hmm. And in the same year, we had to launch, survive with four people off of $150,000 seed money that we raised apply again at the end of the year to eventually get the 150,000 that Y Combinator gave us. So they'll invest 150,000 for 7% mm-hmm. into your company and then give you access to their team and going through their program for life. And so we went from being rejected from Y Combinator to this year, 2019, um, March, 18, 2019, mm-hmm. leading demo day, okay. which is where the world's largest investors come. And we were the first people to lead it out. And it was the first time it was in San Francisco versus Mountain View. Mountain View. Right. And it was the biggest demo day that they had ever had. Yeah. So to go from being rejected to leading it out mm-hmm. as a black founder, where in tech, there's not a lot of, I think less than 2% of black f- people Less than two percent of venture capital money goes to black people. Mm-hmm. It was a big, it was a, a daunting feeling. And I'm not the type of person to get very daunted because I'm used to being on stage as a cellist. But it was it was nerve wracking. But 
is probably one of the biggest growth experiences that I've ever had in my life. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm very grateful for it. Yeah. 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 yeah mission Bid. I, I applied to Y Combinator through Mission Bid and we were rejected. And so I could talk a little bit about what it's like to be rejected. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, just so people know a little about the process, it was, uh, it was like, it's very quick and mm-hmm. efficient. Mm-hmm. Like I sent the video, I answered a few questions. Um, there was a big waiting room with a bunch of different companies there. And I walked into a room with like three people. They spoke to me for 10 minutes. And then maybe an hour or two later, I got my rejection letter. Mm-hmm. And I think the people that got accepted got the same letter that day. They were invited to something that night. You so, get a call. You get a call. If you get okay. an email, you got rejected. Okay. If you get accepted, you get a call. So you got rejected <laughs> and then accepted. <laughs> so, so I just I got to the email phase. And so and you went, you're going through the entire process. And I think, that, I think they put out a lot of information about the wide combinated process. Mm-hmm. They're very open about it. Mm-hmm. Content is big for them. Yeah. You got podcasts, they got video, they got articles. Right. So yeah, no, for sure. It's like, to your point, like the interview is 10 minutes, mm-hmm. right? People apply from all over the world. So they'll fly the entire team here for a 10 minute interview right, that right. you got to be ready for. Yeah. yeah it was like know? a drive down the road <laughs> in San Francisco going to Mountain View. So yeah. 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 So, mm-hmm. and, and like, I, I think, I think, Overall, a lot of people ask, is it worth it to do it? Mm-hmm. And I would say absolutely all mm-hmm. day long. Yeah. Or if it was not for Y Combinator, we would not be where we are today. Yeah. Well, you, you, touched, just, you touched several million people through the podcast, so you would, you might be able to get somewhere, you know? But. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll say like, we can definitely do it on our own. I'm not saying like YC was the only reason that we're here, mm-hmm. but just like other mentors in my life, you being in my life. Other people in my life, everything leads to where we are mm-hmm. to get to, and I and I give people credit for those different types of things. Um, so yeah, yeah, important point. Yeah, so talk talk with so you got Y Combinator, and I know that doesn't mean that it's all you know magic fairy dust and yeah. everything is all peaches and cream and mm-hmm. you know whatever other analogy I can use. That's mm-hmm. kind of corny. Uh-huh. <laughs> talk talk a little bit about what you learn, the challenges through growth. Like yeah. where, where you're at right now, what it was like to get there. Yeah. So I think um, in our stage, well, even as like a founder that came from Atlanta that was surrounded by other people that look like me, which I was blessed to have. I never, I never felt ashamed to be a black person because mm-hmm. I've always been a bl- around black people in Atlanta that are accomplished. So I never... I always thought it was weird to think down about yourself. Mm. However, the things that people celebrate as founders often is raising money. Mm. But people confuse raising money with making money. Mm. Right? Which is... Well, well. Yeah. yeah well. You're yeah. preaching. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. As, as a founder, mm-hmm. what YC orients you to do is not just be a great communicator, but... Make sure that your KPI mm-hmm. is not just a fluffy metric that has no backing. It's revenue. Mm-hmm. Because the best leverage that you have as a founder is traction. Yeah. And KPI revenue. is key performance indicator just for people to yeah, know. Key yeah, key performance indicator. So um, your North Star, even if you're mission-driven, even if you're nonprofit, should almost always be revenue. Mm-hmm. Because it decreases your dependence on investor money. Mm-hmm. And the reason why you want to decrease your dependence on investor money is you're not giving away your company. Right. And a lot of times, because people don't have traction, they give away most of their company by Series A. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with investors, especially when you're trying to build something that reaches billions of people, which, by the way, if you're raising venture money, you should be doing something that reaches massive amounts of people. If not, you can just do a lifestyle business, which is nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. With that either. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think because we were so focused on revenue and we're still very focused on revenue, that allows you to stay alive without dying. Like mm-hmm. the biggest thing between like seed stage or pre-seed stage or angel round stage and product market fit, which means that like your products solves the problem that you want and you're like printing money mm-hmm. or you figure out your money printing formula. Um it's not dying, mm-hmm. right? So you want to raise enough money that doesn't give away 
a lot of ownership that gives you the amount of time to reach product market fit without dying. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'll say that's the main thing that we focused on now. Yeah, yeah. I've always been a big person about process, like the successes in the process Mm -hmm. and raising money, whether it was for my political campaign or for Mm -hmm. Mission Bit, it was always about um, making sure I made the ask and Mm -hmm. I kept up the ask. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And so like talk about your process when it comes to either process. Yeah. Process is just fundraising. A a fundraising. Okay. So, I think um, I talk about process period because yeah. like in career karma going through that three week thing that I told you about most people think that barriers have to do with like the card that you're dealt in life or growing up in the hood or being in like a terrible situation but like most barriers in life are psychological right. not technical and the people that are high achievers are disciplined and organized and they follow a process whether it's waking up in the morning to go to the gym at a certain time, making sure they kill the like game on Monday morning, like we did at 6 a.m. today, <laughs> yeah. like killing the game on Monday uh-huh. morning, like recording a podcast before everybody wakes up mm-hmm. at 9 a.m. Like there's a process that you follow. So going to the fundraising, fundraising is just like the job search. It's just like a sales process, mm-hmm. right? Most people in sales are very good at opening terrible at closing Mm. and to be good and just like even dating right Mm -hmm. dating follows a sales process Mm -hmm. like you can have a great first conversation but don't know how to lead to the close and the close isn't just a physical interaction it's marriage and family legacy that's what i'm talking about closing Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. going all the way through to building a beautiful family Mm -hmm. and the legacy right right very good people people are very good at opening very bad at closing in order to be a good closer you have to be process driven you have to know how to follow up Mm -hmm. you have to make sure that you are connecting to people on deeper levels than just business Mm -hmm. right just like people like working with people that they um that they like not just for your technical skills like if i'm a budding software engineer with no experience someone's going to hiring hire me not just because i know how to code they're going to hire me because they like working with me because I have humility and I have potential mm-hmm. to learn. Mm-hmm. So going back to fundraising, in the beginning, I was really good at pitching and opening. Right. And I would also say because I've been through what I've been through, I was very good at follow-up. Mm-hmm. So I made sure that I had all my leads in a spreadsheet. I had everybody that I contacted first. I had the 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 notes for the first meeting. If nobody responded to me after the first meeting, I followed up with them. And I, and if there was anybody that committed to money, I would follow up. So the rest of the people that were in process knew that I had raised some money. Very similar to like if you're in the job search and you get an offer mm-hmm. and you have some other things that are stuck in the first round or second round, you can tell those people that you got an offer from somebody else to try to accelerate the process. Right. The same type of thing. Mm-hmm. And so when you're in demand, people want you more. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so my process was radical, open communication, simple language that anybody could understand. Not using jargon. Right. I'm not going to say coding bootcamp. I'm going to say job training program. Right. 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 I'm not going to say full stack or front end or back end or a bunch of other technical things. I'm going to just talk about helping people get jobs. In less than a year, making a hundred thousand dollars, right? Right. Because people understand that, right? I could mm-hmm. explain that to my grandma; she gets it. Mm-hmm. Right. So, process is just more like establishing whatever your rules are, making sure you open, you follow up, and you close. And I'll say I had to overfocus on follow up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I got a lot better at that too. I was thinking, you know, before there was a time where I thought, oh, if I send if I send an email, I get a response. I'll try two more times mm-hmm. and then I'll let it go. Mm-hmm. But now my rule is to follow up 10 times. Yeah. Until they say no. Yeah. <laughs> so you get a response. Give me a no. There is no times. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, there was, there's something I learned from Phaedra and Margo mm-hmm. actually, mm-hmm. like if it's, um, it's either you, out of every meeting, you want four outcomes, either yes, no, future appointment or a clear lesson. Mm-hmm. So that was always, 
our method as we went through the process. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Talk more about that. Talk more yeah. about yeah. what the current state of yeah. uh, the situation is around employment and tech and, mm-hmm. and how you're supporting those people. Yeah. I mean, I think over half the world is like either unemployed, working part-time or inactive, mm-hmm. right? Um, most people that are in tech come from privilege or from a good school, but most of the working world actually did not come from privilege and did not go to college, mm-hmm. period. Right. And But they all have skills to get in tech. We talked about music earlier. The way I think about tech is very similar to the music industry where um, there's arguably more talent that's not signed to a record label than is signed to the record label. Mm-hmm. But the biggest challenge that unsigned people have is playing their record for the right person. Mm-hmm. What's nice about the internet is you don't need a record label anymore because the internet can give you distribution to get your record to the right people. But a lot of people aren't entrepreneurial and know how to like build their own personal brand to be on their own. So going back to the state of the workforce, it's not just about skills. A lot of people are like, well, why can't I just do things self-taught to get a job in tech in less than a year when all the information exists online? Mm-hmm. And the answer is, is because to get a job as an engineer or as a salesperson or whatever requires way more than learning how to code, right? Right. Because you got to learn how to market yourself, tell your own story, build the right portfolio, pick the right companies, network, a bunch of other things that boot camps can teach you. And so to get a job in tech in less than a year, you have to follow a process. Mm-hmm. And in Career Karma, when you download the app, you start something called the 21 Day Challenge. Mm-hmm. And if you go on Twitter, you can look at the hashtag 21 Day CK Challenge and see every day. Thousands of people talking about going through this three-week preparation process. Mm -hmm. And within the first week, not only are you preparing and educating yourself about the space and developing the skills training, you get access to a coach Mm -hmm. that checks in with you every week that's currently in a job training program like you that's helping you go through the process going through this. So it's free coaching. Mm -hmm. And the reason why Career Karma is free and we're able to keep it free is because a staffing business is a big business. So whenever we help companies and schools find qualified applicants, we get paid a fee and we're able to reinvest in the community and keep it open for everybody. The only thing that we ask is if you ever get value out of the app, that you're willing to help people behind you in the future. Mm -hmm. So that's that's as a coach. As a coach, yeah. you could be a coach, but it doesn't have to be. The coach is just an option if you want to, mm-hmm. but you can help in other ways. Yeah. The last time I checked at the website too, there was a there was a good visual depiction of this with like people mm-hmm. helping build each other up, mm-hmm. and so we can cut to that mm-hmm. as we are talking about it. Yeah. But it was like it, it, you really visually display it well, mm-hmm. like how the how the cycle works. Yeah. And the feeds on each other. Yeah. And so. You know, you, you mentioned half the world being uh, unskilled workers. Is that how I you? See, it's uh, unemployed, working part-time or inactive. You could check it out in, a, in the McKinsey, a Future That Works report, okay. I believe. Or the, it's, it's either the Future That Works report, the Poorer Than Our Parents report, or Jobs Lost and Gained. Yeah. Read all three of those reports by McKinsey, and it'll really give you a, a sense of what's going on with the future of work mm-hmm. as we enter this new decade, which I like. Uh Brianne Kamel calls it the roaring 20s. We're going into the new roaring 20s. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 And so you have, you, you talked about connecting people on Twitter, but you're also doing it through community organizations mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and government. Mm-hmm. Um, how are you defining the funnel? Like, how are you trying to get in front of people? Yeah. So, Career Karma is an app that's essentially a social network that's built on top of these job training programs. So as you're going through the process, you're going to see thousands of people that you can search on the community tab in your area that you can meet up with in person. But to your point, they come to us not just from the Cook on Monday Morning podcast. They come to us from the Breaking Starters podcast and other podcasts. They come to us from churches. Mm -hmm. They come to us from government organizations, Air Force bases, nonprofits, um, television, radio, blah, 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 so that we can figure out which channel, like which 
type of coach, which type of group, which type of process is best for people from different channels. Mm -hmm. And once people are in job training programs and they have passed the initial entrance exams, some of them are leveraging these things called squads because not only will we match you with the right training program, we give you support for the rest of your career through something called a squad, which is a small group of other people like you. People, let's say you're doing an online program and you heard about it from the church, you can find the people in your location and train at the church mm-hmm. in person mm-hmm. doing the online program at the same time. I see. So it's interesting how people are building community, not just in churches, but in their own homes and libraries and McDonald's, mm-hmm. Goodwills. And it's awesome to see that because our goal is to help a billion people in 10 years, which is about a hundred million people a year. Mm-hmm. And we're laying the foundation and 2019 was about laying that foundation and 2020 will be about taking it to another level. Okay. Yeah. And so people find the app, they go through the three-week process, mm-hmm. they get coaching, mm-hmm. and then from there, they join a coding bootcamp. Yep. So you're you're sort of the the, the first entry point mm-hmm. into a proven or, or proven organization that can help you find work. Exactly. And, and keep going, keep going, keep going. And, and, and the idea is that uh, it's a... Uh, it's a more accessible pathway for people to in, increase their income potential mm-hmm. and it solves for the jobs issue mm-hmm. that tech is facing. Mm-hmm. And, but the one thing that I wanted to, I wanted you to speak to as well is, you know, everyone talks about our oh, recession is coming. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen in tech mm-hmm. or a lot of the software engineering jobs may be automated. Mm-hmm. Like how, how do you think about that? Like, what mm-hmm. do you say to, to yeah. comments like that? Yeah. So, I'm going to address it. So before addressing that, I love the way you summarize everything. To be clear, after they're in a job training program, we don't just leave them alone because mm-hmm. retention and job placement is an issue, not just for boot camps, but even colleges. Mm-hmm. Like completion rate of college is like 61%. And people drop out of college and high school just like they do out of boot camps mm-hmm. because of lack of motivation or discipline or some other life circumstance. So, Career Karma provides wraparound support for people. So during the boot camp, they still have not just access to their boot camp, but all the boot camps and people from all the boot camps. Yeah. And also job support to find a job after. We have a job search workshop every single week for people every Sunday. And after they end a job, they also have support. So that's something I want to address. Okay. That's important. Yeah. Yeah. Related to the recession thing, that to your point, I think. People happens. are saying it's going to happen. Yeah. This, but you saying know. it's going to happen. Let's say it happens. Like, cause yeah, yeah. these things go in cycle. We've had mm-hmm. the longest bull run ever mm-hmm. in history. Mm-hmm. And for the people that don't know what a bull run is, it's good times. Bear mm-hmm. run, bad times. Yeah, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So recession is going to come. Some of the best companies came out of recession. Like right. if you go to um, talk about Y Combinator and recession, Airbnb came out of recession time. Mm-hmm. Uber came out of recession time. And when you think about technology, right, you can't predict what's going to happen in the future. But in the future, do you think there's going to be more tech or less? Probably more. Probably more. Right? Yeah. And if there's probably going to be more tech than less, then demand for developers is probably going to increase or decrease? Increase. Probably increase, right? And do you think that every company is going to have the sophistication for AI immediately? Probably not. No. Right? But to your point, after the world reaches global connectivity, which we're not there yet. So for people that don't know, Mm -hmm. only half the world's connected to the internet. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. The app store was only invented in 2008. Mm-hmm. And the internet's only been around for 50 years. Right. So we haven't even reached market saturation for internet connectivity, period. Mm-hmm. Right. And if the working world is shifting from jobs like truck driving or mechanics or retail into tech, mm-hmm. we still have a lot of time to transition the workforce into what this new world looks like. Right. And to your point, there will be other roles that are going to be created like product managers and more people will be designers and more people will be data scientists and more people will be salespeople. And I honestly believe that non-technical roles will be bigger in the future of work just like they are today. Mm-hmm. So I think that you shouldn't stress out about that. I yeah. think if you are concerned about a recession, what's going to happen is people are going to need jobs. Mm-hmm. And they need to get the skills to get the jobs, right? Just like they do now. Yeah. So if you know that's probably going to happen, mm-hmm. do it and start 
getting ready now. Like if you if we're gonna take it to faith communities and churches, what did Joseph do in the Bible before famine times? When it was good times, he stored up the grain. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And was ready. When, mm-hmm. And I know I'm using analogy for the people that don't know that story. Mm-hmm. Watch Prince of Dreams. Mm-hmm. But essentially like- That's a good Joseph yeah. story is one of my favorites. Yeah. yeah. If, you're, if you're in a good time period, which we are right now, mm-hmm. stack up just like an ant would, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They're going to st- save up the food. So when it's winter time, you can eat. Right. Right. So get yeah. your skills yeah. up. Yeah. And stack up the get things that you up. know will be in demand. Yeah. While there is a downtime. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, you know, I, 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 I'm currently the president of the San Francisco Board of Education, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of commentary about how our education system is antiquated mm-hmm. and it's not connecting people to real world skills mm-hmm. or, um, you know, life skills mm-hmm. or jobs in demand. Mm-hmm. And so coding has been introduced as a way to interrupt that, mm-hmm. but it's still not as like direct and concentrated as what you and the other coding boot camps are offering. Mm-hmm. And I, what I think this, this sort of um, this, this new wave of, you know, skills training mm-hmm. is really like the internet democratizing like what it means to like actually get access to this, mm-hmm. which is, which is really powerful mm-hmm. uh, because traditionally, you know, when there, whenever there's a bump, a booming industry, our community isn't really participating in it in a real way. Mm-hmm. Like the only example I can really think about when that did happen, was maybe like the auto industry in mm-hmm. Detroit mm-hmm. and, you know, black workers mm-hmm. being a part of that process. Mm-hmm. Um, or if there was a works program that put mm-hmm. on a lot of African, African Americans or the shipyard in San Francisco when the, mm-hmm. when the Navy was building mm-hmm. and a lot of people got mm-hmm. work through that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you're you're sort of you're sort of doing that, but in an industry that is like in demand. It's it's mm-hmm. it's taking over the world. Mm-hmm. You know, all the new billionaires are coming out of this space. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, you know? so helping people take the city back. Like we talked about that a little bit earlier. Um, and I love that you brought up the um, fact that you're on the school board in mm-hmm. um, education. I mean, tech people love talking about disruption mm-hmm. and how like this new company is going to replace and kill all the other companies. But like the way I think about education or even healthcare or the way where tech is going, the spaces are so massive. It's not going to be one company that monopolizes the whole space. Right. And the way, the reason why I bring that up is like, you're not going to create one hospital that heals the world mm-hmm. because cancer is so nuanced. Right. right, or heart disease is so nuanced. There's like different types of cancer. My dad's an oncologist, so that's why okay. he's cancer. Mm-hmm. My mom's a psychologist, mm-hmm. right? So even psychology, there's so many different aspects of psychology that you can't just build like one thing that dominates all mental health. And mm-hmm. going back to education, you're not going to create one school that trains the entire world because if I'm MIT that mm-hmm. just invested a billion dollars to train people in AI things. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to invest a billion dollars in every single skill set. There's mm-hmm. too many skill sets to mm-hmm. invest in. Like people are going to specialize, and I think that when people think about boot camps, they always talk about boot camps and these job training programs as replacements for college. I don't think college is going to go away. Mm-hmm. I do think that some of them are going to die. Like mm-hmm. you can look at Clay Christensen that breaks that down, and there's reasons why they're going to shut down, which isn't because of boot camps. And I think college and high school and elementary school gives us things that skills training doesn't around like social and psychological aspects and history and a bunch of other things that are important for us to learn. Community. Community. Mm -hmm. And I think what I love about you to talk about you and what you're doing, not only are you educating people through things like this, but you also are not just a leader in our public education system. You're emphasizing skills training through things like mission bit, making sure that schools are, are operating as allies together Mm -hmm. on this process because we've entered an age of lifelong learning. You can't just pick one skill and one job and one company forever anymore. Mm -hmm. You have to always evolve and always learn. So I might be a coder for one or three years, but then I might be a salesperson. Then I might be a designer and maybe a data scientist. And so it's we have to embrace that Mm -hmm. that thing now because it's going to happen. And if it's a tidal wave that's coming, Mm-hmm. If we don't learn how to surf, we're going to get hit by the way if we're not going to be able to ride it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
you're, you're definitely at the forefront of this and um and you've already made a great impact you know i'm really excited to to watch you do your thing you're also tapped into a community within the tech silicon valley space that a lot of uh black folk just aren't in and so if I can just transition a little bit, can yeah. you talk a little about the, that landscape? Because we 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 had a conversation. You had mentioned a new wave of other Black tech founders mm-hmm. and how Silicon Valley is, is kind of changing. Mm-hmm. So there's a good report to check out called the the Future of Work in Black America. Mm-hmm. Also, the Lions Go Digital report about Africa's tech landscape. I know you just took a trip to Africa, which is actually pretty dope. Mm-hmm. The founder of Twitter is actually spending time in Africa mm-hmm. to to do that. Um, if you think about one of the largest organizations that has transitioned black people from some people would call low skill to high skill and, and very disciplined and organized, it's the military for millions of people mm-hmm. and also giving them access to education using the stick. Mm. Let me not say the stick. Let's using <laughs> u- using a different methodology yeah. that some people would say was good, but also some people come out of the military psychologically damaged. Right. Just even before the military, they were already psychologically damaged, which is difficult for them to transition into workforce mm-hmm. and career karma. We have a lot of black people from the military that our leaders and our bosses and our top of their field in the military that don't believe that in civilian life, Mm -hmm. right? And transitioning military workers into the the workforce is is tough, right? And so Mm -hmm. we talked about one of our favorite podcasts being Jocko Podcast and things like that. And and my mom being a psychologist, one of the biggest aspects of career karma is that we're not building technology just to train workers. We're building technology to help humans help humans, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. We're essentially trying to productize the way real relationships happen. We're hope dealers, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. That can back it up and, right. and prove it by like saying, you don't have to believe me. Talk to this person that did it before mm-hmm. that also went through the military and got a job making $100,000 without going to college. Mm-hmm. Talk to them, visit them at their office, like watch their content, blah, 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 mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And so giving people hope and being able to back it up matters. I think to your point, you know, with this content, it's important for people to see other people talking about it. But I think the the era that we're moving into is less talk, more action. Mm-hmm. I think conferences complaining about the issues mm-hmm. and talking about what's going on with diversity and inclusion are helpful. Mm-hmm. And I'm not knocking it, but for 2020, I think we should all be focused on action and what mm-hmm. we're going to do. Mm-hmm. And what I love about like my batch and why Combinator was a black woman called Mukka running Natural Club focused on refrigerated hair products for black women making millions of dollars a year mm-hmm. funded by the founder of Ebony mm-hmm. killing the game and a bunch of other black leaders doing really well. My buddy uh, Greg Roxon running M Pharma in Africa mm-hmm. killing it also venture backed top of his game. Mm-hmm. You know Deshaun, he's not YC. He's 500 startups, killing a game, Wonder School, mm-hmm. Andreessen funded, mm-hmm. killing it, helping yeah. people with education inside of people's homes. So right. you see a lot yeah. of Chris black Bennett. leaders. Yeah. Chris Bennett. Yeah, Shout he's going to come Bennett. on at, yeah. at some point too, yes. hopefully. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're, we're not just talking anymore. Um, Play VS, mm-hmm. right? Daryl, he's somebody that hit, he's one of the people that hit me up that I wasn't able to respond to. Mm-hmm that took the reins and is killing the game. Mm-hmm. Like raised way more money than Career Karma, funded by Diddy, funded by all these people, mm-hmm. creating an esports engine for high schools. And I'm so proud of him. Mm-hmm. And and it's awesome to see people taking the reins and not talking anymore. And what I like, let's use Play VS as an example. Mm-hmm. I saw a tweet last week from him saying, I'm going to put $15,000 for anybody that refers an engineer for my company. And if it's a woman, I'm going to give you 20000 just for the referral, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And just to see, he's like, I want black people. I want women. I want, I, I can hire my own, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. If you've never grown up in a certain environment, it's hard to identify talent if you don't know what it looks like if it didn't go to your school, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The reason why 
leaders hire from their schools and from their neighborhoods is because that's what they grew up with, mm-hmm. right? If you play, we talk, I think we talked about this in our podcast. If you play ball with people in Bayview Hunters Point and you retire, and then you're going to try to put the band together again. You're going to first go to the people that were in your band. Mm-hmm. If you if they don't want to join your band again, you're going to go to where you grew up. If you can't find where they grew up, you're going to go to where you went to school and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And if you if you only grew up in that environment, you're not going to understand a white environment. Mm-hmm. But if you're a white person, you only grew up around white things. You're only going to be able to, like, that's what you know, that's which is cultural. why it's important to spend time mm-hmm. cross-culturally, not just for strategic and business principles, but just, I mean, yes, for strategic and business principles, but we always we can't always fault people mm-hmm. for hiring the way they hire and making decisions the way that they make because they don't, they're not familiar with it. Right. And conferences aren't going to do it. Mm-hmm. If anything, if you're going to run conferences and events, I want... You know how people say, like, I'm not going to be on a panel unless it's another black person or another woman on the panel. Mm. Going forward for 2020, for me, at least, I would like to only talk in rooms if the room is at least 50% outside of tech. Because mm. I'm not going to reach people if I'm talking to only tech leaders or only government leaders and nonprofits that know what the issues are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you want to take action, you got to get in the trenches. Mm-hmm. I want to list every single person that's been evicted in San Francisco because of technology that wants to take their city back. Mm-hmm. I want to talk to them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually wrote a, I actually wrote a, one of my Cook on Monday morning newsletters, like top five, but top five books for young professionals of color. Mm-hmm. And ironically, all the books were written by white men mm-hmm. and there's game in the books mm-hmm. about action, mm-hmm. about taking action. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the playing field may be slightly different, but the strategies work. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I love that you highlighted all those other folks that are uh, building in a, in a really positive way. But books you put me on too, though, like Pedagogy of the Oppressed. Mm-hmm. Like we've talked about um, amazing book, yeah, amazing Pablo book. Ferry. Message to the black man, mm-hmm. like Elijah Muhammad. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's like doctrine about his religious philosophy, mm-hmm. but like the nation of Islam, some people agree with it, some people don't, but they still exist today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On schools, on businesses, like went through the civil rights movement. There's there's a playbook to follow. Right. Like organizers are magical people. So Margo. And Phaedra really taught me mm-hmm. that. You taught me that. Like mm-hmm. with your own political run, like you had a similar YC experience to me. The first time you went, it wasn't yeah. that. Yeah, I lost. Yeah. yeah. And then, but <laughs> well, you did. Learned, you did. You, know? you learned, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You learned what you didn't do uh-huh. and you put it into place. You didn't let it stop you and you went. Mm-hmm. And you, and you comfortable. You killing the game. You got, got this amazing podcast and you inspiring more people to follow your example and you're radically open about failure. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, yeah. your, your lessons, to your point, lessons are going to keep coming back to you until you learn them. And so, I think it's not just playbooks from white people, there's playbooks from black people too. Right. And I think, so I saw a quote this December as well that said, Black people aren't here for your entertainment. Historically, we've only gone for mm. sports, music, and entertainment on movies. Mm-hmm. And it's time to expand beyond that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you're doing that. You're taking action. We're doing that. Yeah. We are. Together. Yeah. The community. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's not about me. Yeah. 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 Um, we talked a lot about your leadership. We talked about process. I, you know, I like to end the podcast talking about um, leadership and legacy. Mm-hmm. And so I think we talked a lot about, you know, the, your your approach to business, the problem you're solving. Um, is there Are there any guiding principles around leadership that you want to highlight? Yeah. I think um, so far, because I'm a first-time founder, venture back founder, I think I underestimated the importance of communication. So not just clarity of communication about what you do to investors, but to customers, to employees, to co-founders, right? A a founding relationship is like a marriage, Mm -hmm. right? There's inevitable arguments and co-founder blow up is one of the biggest mm. killers of a company. But if you get right on communication and you can figure out what your mission statement is and your company values are that you can like embed in the core of your culture and maintain that as the company scales, I think that's a big thing. So I think 
I think that's important. So communication, mm-hmm. culture is important. I think um, a mindset of service mm-hmm. and humility mm-hmm. and recognition that it's a privilege to be doing what we're doing, mm-hmm. right? To be able to run a company and have the time to think and execute is a privilege, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I saw another quote this week from somebody in career comedy that said, what's a word to describe that's stronger than gratitude when blessings keep falling in your life? And I responded saying humbled. Mm. And so as a leader, I think it's important to operate from a level of humility and service to others. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people say, oh, I want to be a billionaire. I want to be a millionaire. I don't see myself as aspiring to be a millionaire or a billionaire, I see myself as aspiring to be a steward of billions of dollars that's dedicated to service to others and putting those dollars back into work mm-hmm. to make people better than me. Right. And there's ways to exchange value without money, mm-hmm. even now. Mm. And so as a leader, communication, culture, humility, service to others, because as a leader, a lot of people, oh, I want to be the boss. And if you look at the media, it's like they think like being a boss is like putting your foot on other people's neck. Right. But if I'm a good manager, if you read mm-hmm. High Output Management by Andy Grove, your management skills are measured by the effectiveness of the people that you manage mm-hmm. and the influence that you have on other organizations. That's the formula. Mm-hmm. So I know I'm a good manager. If I can scale me mm. times a hundred right. and make them greater than me. Mm-hmm. So I think that like operating with that mindset is probably like, those are, those are the main things that I'm focused on now. Okay. Yeah. 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 Great list. Um, I always close the, I've closed the podcast up to this point talking about legacy and, uh, you know, I, I always mention my great-grandfather, Luther Harris, mm-hmm. and I named my consulting firm after him. It's called the Luther Harris Holding Company. I like that. And, um, Luther Harris? Yeah, Luther Harris. You Luther know my Harris. last name's Harris. <laughs> we related. We <laughs> <laughs> family, bro. Because <laughs> you know what's crazy about that uh-huh. is, uh, like I told you, my dad grew up on a farm okay. in South Georgia in Blakely, mm-hmm. and we have something called Harris Legacy Investments. Oh, dope, dope. <laughs> we have a whole, like, protecting slave land mm. that we had back mm-hmm. in the day mm-hmm. yeah so. <laughs> yeah well well he um yeah he uh, you know we, i was too young to really get to know him before he passed mm-hmm. but when i think about what he accomplished in his life as a black man you know growing up in the in the segregated south mm-hmm. and coming out west um i really look at his life and think like damn what excuse i got to not push mm-hmm. you know and part of what you're talking about, like slave land, you know, he, the family owns a bunch of acres of timber forest in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And um, and he started a sawmill, mm-hmm. you know, at a time when there was like the, like black code laws were still uh, part of how the South uh, suppressed black voice. You know, he mm-hmm. built an economic power base. Mm-hmm. So this is his dictionary. He was a self-educated dictionary (laughs) right there. uh, This is my great-grandmother's chairs. I love it. I love Um, it. How do you think about legacy? Um, I haven't fully thought about it, but I do have a vision board that I wrote down. Mm -hmm. And on the vision board, it doesn't just have, I want to help a billion people. It says, I want to honor the fifth commandment, which is honor my my, my parents mm-hmm. and make sure their older years are the greatest in their life. I feel like I was given the gift of music for a reason, so I want to do something great with music. I have something about land because land is important to me, so mm-hmm. a lot about real estate mm-hmm. in there. Um, I feel like our body is a gift, so mm-hmm. we got to protect it. It'll be, since it's coming out of 2020, in May 5th, 2010, that's 10 years sober that I've been sober mm-hmm. taking care of my body. Mm-hmm. I have things about self-defense in there because I think if you have a legacy, you got to protect it. Mm-hmm. And when you're done with the 21-day um, challenge and career karma, you actually get a shirt that says protect your dreams. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you got to protect it not just from other people, but from yourself, mm-hmm. right? So you have to be strong against external forces, but also internal forces as well. 
in the in the um, vision board, I also have something about photography because as black people, even though we're not here for your entertainment, we drive media and radio and television is very important for us to inform each other. And music was a way to communicate messages and elevate people back in the day, whether it was Negro spirituals, whether it was through the Black Panther publication or the what Muhammad speaks, I think it was mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. newspapers, all these different types of things. Like media has always been powerful. Yeah. Marcus Garvey too. Marcus, Marcus Garvey, yeah. like powerful to us. So I think uh, photography is, is big to me because a picture is worth a thousand words. So I have something like that inside of there. Um, and I want to have five or more kids because mm-hmm. I think they're like big families are beautiful. And back in the day, a lot of people had big family and recently people are getting married later and having less children, which I think is okay because people are more ambitious, but it's also kind of scary Mm -hmm. because if there's nobody to leave the legacy behind, because life is short, Mm -hmm. you know, we die tomorrow, who are you going to pass it on to? And so if you're building an organization that's timeless Mm -hmm. or something that lasts for over a hundred years, then you have to think about legacy. Mm -hmm. So when I think about legacy, just to put a bow on this whole thing, I've been spending a lot of time thinking about Japan. My brother who went through the career karma process is now a software engineer. He did it in five months, making about 150000 a year. He and I are going to take a trip to Japan. Mm-hmm. His reasons for learning Japanese is because he wants to watch animes without subtitles. Okay. My reason <laughs> for studying Japan is because it's the place where it had the most companies exist that have lasted for over 100 years. Huh. And that's where the women live the oldest in the world. Hmm. And they live in something called a blue zone. I was born in a blue zone at Loma Linda, California, where my bo- where my father studied and my mother studied. Hmm. That's where Adventists, which is my religion, it lived for hundreds of years. So in Japan, there's something called a Moai, M-O-A-I. And you hmm. can look up in New York Times, the power of positive people. The reason, since from birth, Okinawa women, Okinawa, Japan, commit to each other. And the mindset is it's easier to go through life if you have a safety net. Mm-hmm. And so they commit to each other professionally, socially, emotionally, blah, 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 so that you 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 never concern if there's a bad situation and you got people that got your back. Mm-hmm. And so when I think about legacy, I think a lot about Japan and all those other things. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think about God, what God wants me to do. All right. All right. Thank you, Ruben Harris. That was beautiful. You dropped a lot of gems. <laughs> Peace, peace, and thank you for listening to another Cook on Monday Morning podcast. Ruben Harris was amazing. I learned a lot. I hope you did also. I want to thank him for taking the time out of his busy schedule to join us this morning. Uh, you can learn more about what he does uh, through Twitter at Ruben Harris. You can also check out his website, uh, Career Karma, which we'll put in the show description. I also want to thank the, all the people that made this podcast possible. I'd like to thank David Topete, uh, my producer and videographer. Uh, he's incredible. And so um, special shout out to him. I want to thank Fernando Cinco Marquez. He does all of the editing for the newsletter, which you which you can subscribe to at steveoncook.com. Uh, I want to thank Icy House. It is a youth organization. They actually provided the mics for the show and the audio recorder. Um, one thing that I wanted to make sure that I mentioned is that the podcast, we don't ask for viewer contributions. Uh, we partially finance it through affiliate links. So when you see like the book recommendation or any type of music recommendation, uh, if you click the, if you do any shopping on Amazon and you click the link, if you go through the link, whatever you actually purchase will go, a portion of that will go to the show. So. I would love it if you bought the book or uh, music recommendation or whatever other recommendation that we have. But you know, make sure to just go through the link before you do your Amazon shopping and we can earn more for the show to help cover the cost of the show if you do that. One thing I want to mention is that you know we want to produce podcasts for other people that have been talking about trying to start their own podcast and may not have the technical expertise or the equipment to do it, uh, you can hire our firm to come out and produce your show. Um, and we can 
figure out you know what you need and what your goals are and create a scope of work that supports your vision for your podcast show you can learn more about that by reaching out to me through email uh, info at stevehoncook.com if you are a small business or um, any sort of organization looking to have support around strategic advising brand awareness or growth my company the luther harris holding company would be happy to work with you you can reach out to me also at infostevoncook.com we can start a conversation related to that we are at the top of the year i am looking to reach at least 2020 people in the year 2020 so be sure to share the content of the podcast with people that you think would benefit from it if you feel so compelled to subscribe you know the goal is to get to 2020 people via subscriptions and to reach at least 2020 people uh, before the first quarter of the, the the year is over so if you support what we're doing here support um, the vision that we have about changing people's belief about when they what monday morning should look like be sure to support us by sharing the content for the show the final thing i just wanted to do and i'll do this every episode is just thank the people of san francisco that help our city run uh, our public school teachers our custodians our school lunch workers the people that uh, keep our streets safe our, our first responders a uh, very special shout out to the people that drive our buses my father is a muni driver and so you know i always want to put on all of the people that keep san francisco moving i appreciate you uh, this podcast is for you and it's for everyone that wants more for themselves so whether you're in san francisco whether you're in houston new orleans atlanta detroit baltimore philadelphia you know chicago I mentioned those shows specifically because I think that there's so much potential and possibility in those cities. I've seen them all personally. I think they're all beautiful. And what I want to see, especially for the black communities in those cities, is to continue to grow and thrive. We can do that work together. And it starts by owning Monday morning. So have a great week. Keep tuning in. Let me know if there are other guests or topics you want me to cover. And I look forward to building this in collaboration in the community with you. Peace, peace, and we out.